I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 48. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and that was my daughter, Emily. And this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. After 48 episodes, the goal of this podcast remains that I would use the songs that you're listening on the radio to inspire you to jump into God's Word for yourself. This way, when you hear the song, it inspires you to read and study and meditate on God's Word. And then after you read and study and meditate on God's Word, the lyrics come even more alive to you because now you see their meaning and truth in context of God's word. Then when you hear the song again, you will be reminded of what you have studied and what God himself has taught you. That's my goal. But I'm in my little recording space in my loft and I'm talking into a microphone, praying that when you hear my voice, you don't hear my voice, but God's voice. And although I have many listeners that I know personally, There are so many of you that I wish I could sit down with and hear your story, like Stephen from Indiana and Paula from Florida, who both subscribed to my email list this week. Welcome. Now, from time to time, my sweet friends and listeners, they jump on Facebook or Twitter and leave a comment and and encourage me or comment on my website. You can always email me at michelle at michellenizat.com. One of my besties this week went on a girl's trip recently and played the podcast for her friends. It's almost like she took their phone from them and subscribed for them. She said that she didn't, but girls, you might want to check your phones. Anyway, so sweet. Such an encouragement to know. And then there's something like what happened this week. Uh, When this happens, I I can't really hold in the thrill. Um, It's hard for me to even hold in the tears. Sorry for my male listeners. I am a crier, and I definitely can't hold in the joy. But my own daughter, Emily, the one whose voice you just heard, she knows I'm stuck on the subject of love right now as I'm reading my Bible. And so she said, Mom, I think you should do Proof of Your Love by For King and Country for next week's song. So she picks the song for me, and I agree, and then she watches their music video online. I'm going to link to it. It's it's a true music video, and it's pretty dramatic. And then, then she picks up her Bible, and she tries to figure out what version they're reading. There's a monologue version of the song, and so she reads 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in several versions until she, until she figures out what version it's in. And then she designed this week's memory verse resource again, and she proclaimed, I already have that verse memorized, and she quotes it to me. And then later on in the week, she says, I have the whole section that they quote in the song memorized now, too. 
Now, we're going to get into the meat of this section of scripture today, but if you don't think that the Holy Spirit can't use the truth, that my sweet girl is already hidden in her heart about love, she's going to need that when she's at school, when she's at a sleepover with nine other friends this weekend, or serving at a basketball tournament with her teacher. I'm just speechless. I'm proud. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm hopeful. I'm just full. And the thing that also brings me hope and joy unspeakable is to think that maybe, just maybe, some of you are doing the same thing each week. Maybe, just maybe, what I'm speaking out reaches your ears and seeps down into your heart and comes out your fingertips as action, opening the very book that can transform your heart and your life and spending time with your heavenly father that loves you. He loves you with an unchanging, unfailing, unending kind of love so that you can turn and turn, just learn to love others in that same way and then inspire others to seek your father too. It's a big vision. I know, but it's the one that God's given me, and I'm honored to be a part of what he wants to do in your heart and life. So last week, we discussed this idea that Jesus gave us a new command. Now, the old command's hard enough. We talked about that. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then human nature tends to love others the way we want to be loved. But the new command tells us to love each other as Jesus loves us. So that our love for each other would be the evidence that we are followers of Christ. And that's the same prayer of this week's song, Proof of Your Love, by Four King and Country. So let my life be the proof, the proof of your love. Let my love look like you and what you made. week we're starting where I left off, kind of left a little lacking last week, really, which is to discuss a little bit about how Jesus loves us. So I think I made the case last week that we need to love as Jesus loved, that it's a new command, that it's going to be um, difficult, but I really kind of skipped over how Jesus loves us. And you just heard it in the chorus when the lyrics ask that our love would look like Jesus in how he lived and how he di- and how he died. And then it concludes that love is sacrifice. And I implied that in one of my Facebook comments and tweets this week. I said, sometimes what we don't say is greater evidence of God's love than what we do say. Let me say that again. Sometimes what we don't say is greater evidence of God's love than what we do say. Now, for me, not speaking my opinion, giving up my right to be right is kind of a sacrifice but it can be proof of God's love in me. When I hear and hear that still small voice saying, don't say that, and then I don't, that is the way that Jesus loved. But if you jumped into God's word where I suggested last week, then you read John 13 through 17. And if you read John chapters 13 through 17, then you realize that Jesus repeats his new command that he gives us in 1335. He repeats it again In chapter 15, verse 12, when he says this, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. 
But this time he follows it up with, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So if our lives are to reflect Jesus' love, if our lives are to be the proof or the evidence of God's love in us, we will have a sacrificial love, the kind that lays down ourselves for others. But honestly, we can't lay down our lives for others when we think that we are better than they are. Now, when I consider Jesus, what did he think of himself? Well, scripture tells us in Philippians chapter 2, it says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus did not cling to his divinity, which was his actual position. He is divine. He is God. But in humility, he set it down. So when we read these verses in context, we see what Paul was really trying to teach the Philippians. If you read the verses in context, meaning where I'm going to read the verses before what I just read, he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I'm rereading those verses. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Now, in the King James Version, it says to esteem others better than yourself. And this does not necessarily mean that they are better than you. You see, Jesus was God. We are not, but he esteemed us. As better, he laid down his actual title, his actual, who who he was. He set that down to become something else for us. And we are unwilling to live that kind of sacrificial life. We want everyone to kind of um, conform to who we are and our plan. But we're, but we're instructed here to esteem them. Again, it doesn't mean that they are are but we are to esteem them as better than ourselves and this is this is what Jesus did. Now I mean like I said we are not God. We really have no right to be friends of God and yet he esteemed all of us better than himself in his actions here on earth ending with the finale of dying on a cross. So we are to esteem. We are to think of others as better than ourselves. This is how Jesus lived, and that is the proof of his love in us. So back to the song. For King and Country in this song does something I don't want you to miss. It's a useful tool when studying God's word and interacting with God's word. And I think it's a tool I'm not sure we've discussed so far in these previous 47 episodes. And the tool is this. Place yourself in the scripture. So listen to how they do this in the first verse of the song. Place yourself in the scripture. 
sing, but don't have love. I waste my breath with every song I bring. An empty voice, a hollow noise. If I speak with a silver tongue, convince a crowd, but don't have love. I leave a bitter taste with every word I say. The scripture they reference in this song comes straight from 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm going to read the section of scripture that they're using. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now, did you notice that the lyrics did not reflect the exact words of Scripture But it was actually a reflection of for king and country's current situation in light of the truth of that scripture. So, in in other words, the scripture didn't really say anything about singing, right? But that's what they do. They sing. So, if they sing without love, then their singing is worthless. Now, scripture specifically talks about speaking. And it said, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels. So, speak fluently in all languages. But the lyrics reflect the kind of speaking that they do. And the speaking that they do, they try to convince crowds of the love of God. But if they don't have love, even love for others, then it's worthless. So what do you do? What lyrics would you write about your life? Do you, do you work with people? You know, maybe you work with numbers. You might run your own business or your own ministry. Do you work for others or do others work for you? Are you a parent or a grandparent? What role does God have for you in this season? Whatever you're doing, if you don't have love, no matter how hard you work at it and no matter how amazing you are at it, if you don't have love, it's hollow, it's empty, and it's worthless in God's eyes. Now, another thing that they do in this song in the monologue version is they introduce another version of scripture. So in the monologue version, they actually are going to read this section of scripture from 1 Corinthians 13 in the message. Now I mentioned like Emily, she was trying to figure out what, where is that? I pulled out my Bible and that's not what it reads. Um, She especially likes the end where it says, I am bankrupt without love. And she said, mom, I can't find that anywhere. I said, look at the different versions until you find it. I had a feeling it was probably the message. So it is a useful Bible interaction tool, and we have talked about this one before, to read a section of Scripture that you are studying in several versions. In fact, let's listen. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all of his mysteries and making everything as plain as day, And if I have faith to say to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give all I own to the poor, or even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So, no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. 
Now, I think I would be remiss that if I didn't mention this other tool that I, I did mention earlier, but I, it's kind of my thing. I really, really, really want you to read things in context. Okay, so the reason he's talking about this, um, why is he being so adamant about how hollow and empty and things would be if without love? What was right before it? So if you read chapter 12, you're going to see a great discussion on spiritual gifts. And so you lead into this, and I'm sure that's something that interests many of you. And so I think some of sometimes we can get really excited about something that God is doing or a gift that he has for us, and we forget that the foundation is this new command that Jesus has given us, which is to love each other as he loved us. And that if we don't have that, it doesn't matter what talents, what gifts, what opportunities we have. We are nothing. It is worthless. So again, if you study it all in, in context, it even becomes deeper and a deeper understanding of, of what the um, scripture is trying to teach us. But if we stay here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, then we if you keep reading, you're going to hear a common set of verses that you've probably at least heard at least once or twice at a wedding or two. And let's go ahead and read it. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth win out, wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, Scripture tells us that God is love and that Jesus is God in human flesh. So we can easily and, I believe, very biblically and theologically sound, be, be, be theologically sound if we replace the word love in this section of Scripture with the name Jesus just to see how Jesus loves. So remember I said we were going to talk a little bit. How does he love? He esteems others as better than himself. He didn't He didn't take this position of being God as something to cling to, but he laid it down. And then we can see how Jesus loves when we replace that word love with his name. So Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. He does not demand his own way. He is not irritable. He keeps no record of being wronged. He does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Jesus never gives up, never loses faith. He is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Wow, what a Savior we serve. So just ponder that this week. We've already talked about Jesus' sacrificial kind of love, and then you add these thoughts, and, and you may just have a year's worth of meditation and revelation. You literally could stay right here for the rest of the year, and I think God would be okay with that because when you come out on the other side, you would understand and have a greater depth of understanding of God's love. But if we take it a step further, what if we use that tool that we discussed earlier where we place ourselves in scripture and then see where that takes us? So now we take this section of scripture that we just replace the word love with Jesus, only now use your name. So I could say Michelle is patient and kind. Michelle is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. <clears throat> She does not demand her own way. I'm not sure that this is really working, right? She is not irritable. Uh, she keeps no record of wrongs. She does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. I hope I do that. 
I never give up. I never lose faith. I'm always hopeful. And I endure through every circumstance. Um, not quite. So it looks like Michelle has a bit of work to do in order to fulfill the new command that her Savior has given her. To love like he loves. And I hope you can hear the sarcasm. My, my daughter Meredith will say, she'll be sarcastic and she'll say, okay, we're talking sarcasm here. And so that's, I hope you hear that. I hope you don't, I hope you really understand that Michelle is not always patient and kind. And if my kids were here in the background, they'd be like, uh-huh, yep, mom, you're right. Uh, I am sometimes jealous and boastful and proud, and I often demand my own way. I am a mother, by the way. Um, not irritable. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not a morning person. So again, and I'm at this point now we start making justifications, but I hope when you put your name in, you will feel what I felt, which is a whole lot of conviction. So I, but, but I realize that I can't do this on my own. I can't conjure up my own patience and kindness and all of that, but I have the gift that Jesus left me, and that is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he lives inside of me, and uh, with God's Spirit in me. I can love like that, but I have to give him control. And uh, anyway, that just leaves us all with a lot to think about and study. So what's next? Well, let's spend some time here in 1 Corinthians 13. Read it for yourself. Read what it says. Try reading it in different versions like I mentioned. Utilize this tool of placing your name in the scripture itself and see what God might want to reveal to you. Use your role, your occupation, your um, just like the, the uh, four king and country did with the first verse in the lyrics. Write your own lyrics using this, this section of scripture. Please don't forget to read this in context at least one time this week. Go ahead and read that chapter, at least the chapter before and the chapter following or even, you know, read all the way up from chapter 1 through verse 13, so you can kind of really see it in context. But some of these chapters hold teaching. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to understand, and I get that. So when you read it in context, don't get derailed, but I really think it's going to put this kind of love chapter into perspective, and God desires that you that you understand this in context. And so I really don't want you to study it out of context. So again, just read it at least once and then study Stay in chapter 13 here and just kind of sit and ponder and use some of the tools that we talked about this week. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. You can also leave a comment on this week's show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 48. I did mention that Emily created this week's memory verse resources. And if you're a new listener... I've created memory verse resources that I give to you for free. If you just hop on my website and um, give me your name and email address, I'll email a link to those resources. It's um, smart uh, smartphone, tablet, and desktop wallpapers with a memory verse that relates back to the message this week, and then also a printable for you as well. And I'll email that right out to you just to thank you for listening. And if you have if you have an opportunity, go ahead and subscribe in Stitcher Radio or iTunes, and that way you never miss an episode. And while you're in there, would you mind leaving a review? It really helps people find me and gives me credibility when they do find the podcast. I would really appreciate it. 
Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use While I'm Waiting by John Waller. And I know many of you are in waiting periods. You're in the in-between. And I want to see how scripture and this song might encourage you. So add it to your playlist, and that's what we're going to go over next week. But if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 48. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.